0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Everybody, please close your eyes. What are you worried about? What keeps you up at nighttime? What consumes your thoughts throughout the day? Of what are you afraid? Before I have you open your eyes, I'm going to read a part of a psalm for you. Even if I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, no evil will I fear, for you, O God, are with me. Open your eyes. That's one psalm among many by King David who expressed constantly throughout his life his unfailing trust in God in the midst of great troubles, of great fears, of great worries, political and military. The difference between David and his predecessor, King Saul, who was the first king of Israel, the one difference between them is not that they didn't have bloodshed. They were both warriors, and they both killed a lot of people. It's not that they weren't immoral. Both of them were sexually immoral, at least. It's not that one was far greater than the other in his popularity, not really. King Saul was extraordinarily popular, and then David after him. The one difference between them is that in the face of war, Saul sinned against God by going to a medium and conjuring up the soul, the spirit of Samuel the prophet so that he can know how the upcoming war with the Philistines would go, whether or not he would win. He was so anxious about this war coming up with the Philistines, he couldn't bear the unknown. He could not handle the fact that he didn't know how it was going to go so he went, committed a grave sin against God by going to a medium, a sin that he made illegal in his own nation. Sought a medium, conjured up the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel, of course, yelled at him. And God said to Saul, The kingdom now will be taken away from you and given to someone more worthy than you. And that was David. David, like Saul, had plenty of wars, many of them that he would be afraid of. And so he has psalms like, even if I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, no evil will I fear. I fear no bad thing happening to me because you, O God, are with me. Your crook and your staff, they comfort me. David is expressing his heart's unending and unfailing trust in God above all things. He trusts in God more than he trusts in his own political and military might. He trusts in God, not in the power of his army. He trusts in God, not in his strategies. He trusts in God to win the war. That's the one difference between Saul and David. And that is the one distinction that makes David a great king and Saul an evil one, that David trusted in God and Saul could not. Saul failed, not morally, of course he did. David failed morally, just like you and I do. It's just that Saul did not trust in God, he trusted in himself in a medium in conjuring up the spirit of Samuel and in his various personal strategies. What's the difference between good and evil for you and me? It's not that we're moral or immoral. It's not about following the rules perfectly. It's about whether or not we trust in God above all things and specifically above our own plans. Whether we do that or not is the determining factor of whether or not we will go to heaven. And the reason for that, this, is, this would explain why Jesus says, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Because a child trusts in the Gospel reading today, Jesus says many things. All of it is centered around anxiety, and anxiety as in fear, anxiety as in worry, worry, being worried about things. And he says, why are you worried about so many things? Why are you worried about what you are to eat, what you are to drink, what you are to wear? God knows that you need these things. He's going to give them to you. Don't you see that he gives them to, everybody, to, to the birds of the sky, to the grass of the field, do you think? that if he pays such close attention to these things, he won't pay more attention to you? How much more value are you than birds that God will look at and they'll pay attention to and take care of? What's the opposite of that? Saul conjuring up the the spirit of Samuel so that he knows how the war is gonna go, or the man in the parable today who has so much stuff saved up for himself and as his land gives him even more stuff, his only problem is that he doesn't have the space for it, so he builds more space just to store more things. Why does he do that? It's not because he's greedy, let's assume. It's not because he's materialistic. That's, very, that's a very basic surface-level understanding of this parable. The reason is because he's worried. He's worried. What if I run out of stuff? I have to have more and more and more, so that in case I run out, I have a backup plan. Brothers and sisters, the backup plan is the same thing as conjuring up the spirit of Samuel. The safety net is the same thing as seeking out a medium. Both of them are, I trust in my plans and in my strategies and in my way of doing things. I'm trying to secure myself by my own means. And all that does is make it impossible for us to trust in God because we keep trusting in ourselves. Now, how is it that people become corrupt people? It's not because they start out corrupt. Everybody in his core is good. Everybody in his core is the, the image of God. It's good. Desires the good. People become corrupt exactly in this way. Saul became corrupt because he was too worried about His war with the Philistines. The man in the parable became corrupt because he was too worried about a rainy day. Jesus says this. If God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Trust in God. God will provide all things for you. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what are we supposed to do in response? And this is where we always read what Jesus says, and we always try to water it down. Sell your possessions, give alms. Provide yourselves with purses that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. You know what he's saying? Find your stability, your security, find your joy in things that will, that cannot be taken away from you, things that cannot diminish. And that can only be done by letting go of the things of this life. Think again, when I asked you from the beginning to close your eyes, what it was that you were worried about. That very thing God wants to take care of for you. And it is that very thing that you have to offer to God and say, I'm not going to worry about this thing anymore. I'm not going to be afraid. And whatever God wants to do with it, let him do with it one way or the other, whether I like it or not, because God's will is better than whatever it is that I want. I offer this thing to God. God, do with it whatever you want to. I will not be afraid, for you are with me. Your crook and your staff, they comfort me. I'm going to end with one more Psalm that King David gives us. This is from Psalm 18. Think about the spirit of King David. Think about his heart as you meditate on these words that he wrote. And try to imitate him in this spirit. Develop it the way that he did. Psalm 18, from the very first verse, I love you, O Lord my God. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer nothing else. Amen.